Good morning and welcome to Hogwarts Sunday at First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual and spirited community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning. We're very glad you are here with us. We come from a heritage of teaching that there is a spark of the divine in everyone. So the way that we greet the divine on a Sunday morning is by turning to the folks around us and welcoming them here this morning. Let us say together the words by which we light the chalice, which is the symbol of our faith. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. For our call to worship, we will be casting a sacred circle. We did this during Hogwarts camp. We will start by uh, standing as we are willing and able and facing the direction of east. Spirits and powers of the east, direction of air, tiny breeze, great blowing gale, blow through us today as we cast this sacred circle. Now we turn to the south. Spirits and powers of the south direction of fire, candle flame, hearth fire, sparklers, <laughs> burn through us as we cast this sacred space today. Now we turn to the direction of the west. Spirits and powers of the west direction of water. Tears, waters of birth, trickling stream, flowing river, roaring ocean. Wash through us today as we cast this sacred circle. And now turn toward me, the direction of north. Spirits and powers of the north, direction of earth, fur and bone, grass and stone, ground us as we cast our sacred circle. The circle is cast. We are between the worlds. Please be seated. At times, even when you're in the middle of sacred space, you ask yourself, what am I doing? What am I doing here? What are we doing here together? The answer for this congregation is something we've thought about and something we've written and something that continues to evolve slowly over the years as we evolve. Is our mission statement. We say it together every Sunday. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Instead of a reading, this morning I'm going to tell you a real story, a true story that happened to me. I have two sons, and I was going to the baseball game of one of them. I loved going to watch him play baseball, and it was nighttime, almost Halloween. Everybody had their folding chairs. All the parents were sitting watching the game. 
I was trying to cheer when the other parents cheered because otherwise I always cheered at the wrong times. And it embarrassed my son and he would say, Ma, just cheer when the other parents cheer. Okay. And I noticed a little girl, maybe five years old, who was spinning around and she had on a black witch's hat. And that was pretty brave in South Carolina at that time, where they would argue about whether you should even have Halloween and was it filled with demons. And I wanted to encourage her and her mother, um, who was sitting next to her, and I tried to make eye contact, but I couldn't get her mother to make eye contact. But the little girl spun over to me. I had on a cowgirl hat, um, kind of flat top and wide brim cowgirl hat and keep my head warm. And she said, I like your hat. I said, I like your hat. I said, are you a witch? She said, yes. I said, do you know any spells? And she said, oh. I said, a girl can't have too many spells. And then we were all packing up to leave, and this little girl came by me, and with a look on her face like an old woman, with eyes that were ancient, she stroked my arm and looked up at me and said, oh, my dear. Now is the time in our service when we enter into the silence in order to invite the mystery, in order to invite clarity, in order to pray to God as we understand God or listen to our inner wisdom or just watch our breath as it comes in and out of our bodies. In this congregation, the sounds of life, birds, small children count as part of the silence. Let us enter the wise silence together. Oh. 
Today I'm going to talk about our magic. <clears throat> Who are you? I mean, what is about you? What is it about you that's you? If you had to put your finger on it, what would it be? It's that thing that makes you you that I'm calling your magic, your power. The difference between your brain and your mind. Martha Graham was a beautiful dancer. <clears throat> and she was friends with a dancer, a choreographer named Agnes DeMille. And Agnes DeMille had just had a great success choreographing a show called Oklahoma. And she was mad about it because she thought it wasn't her best work, and her best work had gotten no recognition at all. And now this work that she thought was just fairly good was getting all kinds of kudos from all around the world. And she said to her friend, Martha, I don't even know if I'm any good. I don't even know. Which is how artists think all the time. Musicians, artists, they just all were always discontent and saying, am I good? Am I any good? I don't know. So here's what Martha said to Agnes. There is a vitality, a life force, an energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there's only one of you in all of time, this expression is unique. And if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium and it will be lost. The world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is, nor how valuable, nor how it compares with other expressions. It is your business to keep it yours, clearly and directly, to keep the channel open. Your spark, according to Unitarian Universalist beliefs drawn from transcendentalism, and Eastern philosophy, your spark is part of the great soul, the great soul that um, Emerson called the oversoul. Some people call it God. Other people call it something different. I did a wedding for two fellows who said their best picture of God was from the sound of music, Julie Andrews up on the hill, spinning around <clears throat> and singing, oh, Anyway, um, and that was their picture of God, and so they called God Julie. <laughs> so your spark is yours to take care of and for you to hold the channel open and to keep your spark fed and bright is your job. It's as if from the great fire comes a little piece of that fire, like you could break off a piece, and it would become that spark in you. So that is you. It means your individuality, and it means also the way you are part of everything at the same time. What keeps the spark bright? We all know. Truth, love, compassion, 
doing the things that make us feel like we can shine, like we can go shining through the world. What makes our spark dim is lying, cheating, destroying. The religions of the world are pretty much in agreement on the things that make your spark shine and the, and the things that make your spark struggle for breath. It is our job to keep our spark shining and to honor it, to honor our power. So you have this power in you. What do you do with it? I want to talk to you about three different kinds of power. And um, this is from a book by a woman named Starhawk. She's the one I got this idea from. Power over is my ability to make you do things. Power over is the power that our whole culture is based on. You don't often see this if you're a middle-class white person. But sometimes the veil lifts, and you can see it and stay awake to it if you can. I remember when I got my second-degree black belt in karate, uh, my then-husband was telling some friends about it. He said, yeah, Meg got her second-degree black belt, and the first thing instantly out of the friend's mouth was, well, you won't be able to boss her around anymore. I didn't even know where to start with that. We're not allowed to use karate on people just for saying stuff like that. But I thought, what is he? That betrays to me that something about this relationship, according to the way the world sees it, is based on his ability to beat me up if he needs to and tell me what to do if he needs to. And um, that was disturbing. And I know that um, there are lots of people who exercise power over. And it's not always bad. If you're a boss, you exercise power over. You say to one of your employees, please do this, make sure this happens, and they do it. They make sure it happens. And um, that kind of power over can be fair, I believe. But there's a kind of power over that makes people do things they don't want to do that they really, really don't want to do at its extreme power over has to do with violence. I can make you do because I have a gun and you don't. I can make you do because I have a tank and you don't. I can make you do because I can beat you up and you have to just take it. That is power over. And then there's power from within. Power from within is what nourishes our souls. What, what brings the power of creativity through us. Have you all felt the power of creativity once in a while? You feel like, oh, I have an idea for how I want my living room to look, or I have an idea about a painting I want to do, or a, something I want to write. I have an idea for a new business. I've got some creativity going here. I've got ideas. Where do ideas come from? You can't just, like, go to the idea store. Ideas come up through you, through your inner wisdom, perhaps through that spark 
that connects you to the whole, the great soul of everything. Maybe that's where ideas come from. Maybe that's where songs come from. Maybe that's where paintings come from. We've all had the experience of seeing paintings and we thought, eh. Or hearing a song that maybe was written by a computer or could have been, according to a formula. Computers can write songs now. I don't think they can write good songs. And we all know the difference between a song that has soul and, and one that doesn't. I mean, this is Austin. We've got music with soul in it all around us. We know art that has soul. We know books that have soul. If you read enough of somebody's books, you get to know them. You get to feel their personality, right? That's not always a good thing. But, and then you stop reading their books because you've gotten enough of a little sip of their personality and you go, eh, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. But there's soul force that comes through you into the things that you make and the things that you build and into your actions. And nobody can do that the same way that you do it. Your soul force goes into the things that you do, your actions. And we all know the feeling of getting inspired sometimes. You get inspired and you go, where in the world did that come from? I, um, I've had experiences of talking to people and sometimes I'll find myself saying something that I, I didn't even know I knew. Have you ever had that experience? Something's coming out of your mouth and you go, wow, that was good. I didn't even know I knew that. That's inspiration. That comes from the great soul of all things, of which you are a part. And so we work to shine. We work to allow our spark to shine. And we also work to feed the spark of other people. We comfort one another. We compliment one another. We see each other. So many people go through their lives just feeling like nobody sees them. Nobody hears them. If you can really hear another person, that helps feed their spark. If you have an actual conversation, I'm going to teach you something here. If you have an actual, most of you know this, some of you know Um, An actual conversation with someone, it feeds their spark. Here's what an actual conversation is. They say something, and you say something that has to do with what they just said. And then they listen to what you said and have something to say that has to do with what you just said. Or they ask you a question about what you just said. So many people, we say something and they go, oh, I know that happened to me too. And suddenly you're talking about them. If you can ask someone three questions in a row, I told my sons, you will be giving them a great gift. When they got to college, they called me and thanked me. Ma, thank you so much for teaching us how to talk to girls. All I have to do is, how was your day? What were you wearing? What did they say? What did you say? What were they wearing? How did it go? And they think I'm amazing. (laughs) Asking people three questions in a row is a great way to nourish their spark. 
listening to someone's story or telling your own story is a great way to feed the spark in both of you. Comforting someone, just saying to someone, hi, I see you look like an interesting person. My name's Meg. What's your name? Can really either freak somebody out completely if they're an introvert or um, make somebody feel welcome. And you have to be willing to make mistakes. If you're willing to make mistakes, you can do a better job of feeding other people's spark and your own. We build the beloved community by attending to the spark in one another, by looking for people whose flame is flickering low and asking them, what what can I do for you? By knowing yourself when your own flame is flickering low and reaching out and doing something that helps feed your spark. This is a way to transform lives, and this is one way to build a beloved community to go shining. Will you please say with me the words by which we extinguish our chalice? We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Please join with me in the benediction if you care to. Remember the way of the wind and breathe and blow. Remember the way of the fire and sparkle and glitter and glow. Remember the way of the water and ebb and flow. Remember the This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.